Oh my god, I forgot about that picture. <laughs> Why does it look? Oh god. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna begin this week by reading a quote from left fielder Mookie Wilson, who says famously, "When I'm in a slump, I comfort myself by saying, if I believe in dinosaurs, then somewhere they must be believing in me, and if they believe in me." Then I can believe in me. Then I bust out. <laughs> I well, yeah. That's mm-hmm. not a bad. That's not a bad philosophy. No, no, no. Moki was wise beyond his years, and uh, I say we should follow his lead and believe in ourselves. The dinosaurs can, so can we. Yeah. So. I mean, I think Jeff Bezos believes in himself a little bit too much, though. Like some people need to to take it back. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's get all the obvious statements out the way first. So obviously, you know, it's the whole he's compensating for something, and they knew exactly what they were doing when they designed this ship because it looks like a giant penis. And uh, well, no, it looks more like one of those like vibrators. But yeah, still. He knew what he was doing. I thought the I, I didn't I thought those jokes were kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. I liked the you know, she won the breakup because he went into space, <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Somebody was saying um, we we need to uh, close the Earth while he's gone. God. <laughs> and charge him a readmission fee of what is it six point eight billion dollars? Yeah. Yeah, it, you know, I saw someone say as well, like, that they brought the uh, the older woman who was like, she should have gone to space way back when. Yeah. But it was like, oh, he, you know, he brought her so that we wouldn't be happy if it crashed or whatever. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's dark, but, I mean, he's he's real-life Lex Luthor, and... You know, it's just so obvious the moves that he makes. The only problem is we don't have a Superman to to make him look obviously like a, a supervillain, you know, beyond what we experience and see with our own eyes. Oh, another one of my favorite things. Somebody tweeted out, uh, for all you Amazons waiting to take your pee break, now's the time. Uh, I... Yeah, I like. Why am I supposed to be happy about this? I no. mean, honestly. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, fuck this. A human being successfully did that and came back. That's cool. We've had countless other, you know, highly qualified humans do this in the past. We've Not also countless. had dogs and monkeys do it. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the the whole thing, well, we're, we're doing it so it can be, like, consumer-priced and all that. What consumer? I'm not going to space anytime soon. Yeah. I, it's consumer-priced. I, I don't care if it's fucking $20 to go into space. I'm not going into fucking space. Yeah. Are you going into space? No. That's some real <laughs> cowboy white people bullshit. There's I did a, not uh, play that game. I'm not going up there. Fuck that. No, because it's not for me. Like, there's a uh, a Tribe Called Quest song called Space Program. I'm not going to quote it here, but I'll let people seek it out on their own. Uh, very accurately sums up uh, the the situation. Uh, yeah, we're not we're not going to space. It's not for us. No, and I I'm just like that seems like an unnecessary risk. Unless yeah. I'm like old, 
like the the older woman was. I can't remember her name. She's very sweet. But like, uh, I you know, she would be the scenario where I'd be like, yeah, fuck it, I'll go to space. But now, <laughs> yeah. He kept trying to double down and humanize it, like, oh, well, you know, this is something that I've wanted since I was a young child. Oh, I'm, I'm taking my brother with me. Isn't that, uh, isn't that endearing? Isn't that humanizing? I am human. Oh, I'm, I'm taking this woman who should have gone to space years ago, but was uh, told she couldn't go. Huh? What do, you, what do you think now? Come on. No, dude. Yeah, I mean, that was cool. And then when he, I mean, the audacity to, to be like, I want to thank everyone who's worked at Amazon and who's bought from Amazon. Did yeah. you see that? Yeah. I, at first I thought that, that was, was a joke. Like, I'm like, there's no was, way that happened. Right. That was on another fucking level of what? And why are you wearing a cowboy hat? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just want to throw that. Where is he from? I have no like, idea. He's... <laughs> Jeff Bezos. More than meets the eye. I always think of um. now that, that bow uh, inside Bo Burham special yeah about jeffrey Bezos. and of course tiktok he's from new mexico i guess he can wear a cowboy hat i don't I know guess. i still find it obnoxious it still looks dumb on him yeah yeah <laughs> he looks like the guy from um barry that actor i can't oh, think of his yeah, name that creepy guy uh-huh. yeah I and mean, he would try to you know americanize himself to blend in a little bit more that's yeah so it seems like jeff bezos does full-time but he's from He's from the U.S. From New Mexico, yeah. Uh, I knew okay. he was from the U.S. Or I was like 99% sure he was from the U.S., but I didn't know where in the U.S. Mm. And that really dictates, can you wear a cowboy hat? And even then, under the circumstances, it's a little questionable. I think New Mexico is acceptable for yeah. wearing a cowboy hat. But mm-hmm. he still is like, whatever. So what changes now? What's what's going to happen now that this billionaire has been to space? It was a race between him and uh, the version guy. So what um, are we? Oh, God, I can't remember his name. I don't care. Right. Other rich guy. Other rich white guy. So what do we get? I, I can see if it's like, you know, if like in the NBA finals, if a certain team scores enough points, we get like a free taco from taco bell the next day or something since he successfully made this mission and came back do we get like a free audible book or something no i think literally the only good thing that could come from this is that it makes him feel small and (laughs) and the earth is like dying and it makes him change his entire viewpoint of wealth and life so good luck with that happening that's the only good outcome i see you mean the man who is contributing to the death of our entire world and ironically named his company Amazon, like the no, rainforest that, that's that are what being I'm saying. like, he would have to completely change everything. I mean, with the money and power that he has, maybe he could like be heavily like influential on leg- legislation for, you know, switching up, fossil fuels and i mean you would have to make you'd have to make these corporations pay heavy taxes for uh co2 emissions and like there's there's so much shit that has to be done i don't know are you contemplating not having children because of all of this because i really i really want kids but i'm 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 really fucking close to being there and it's i'm there's a lot of reasons why I'm like, fuck it with everything right now. Yeah. But 
the like the bringing kids into this seems like a bad idea. Well, I'll say it like this. Um, I learned an important lesson. Well, several important lessons from the movie Idiocracy. So sure. no matter what you do when it comes to uh, adopting or whatever, raising children, there's somebody else out there who was just wantonly just having kids at a breakneck speed. Let's call him Nick C. No, that's too obvious. Uh, And Cannon. Yeah. So there's someone else out there who is just aggressively making babies without any type of abandon. Firing a cannon, if you will. Yeah. Just, yeah. 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 Uh, (laughs) Insert the Ken Jeong uh, gif here. Anyway, um, that person's going to keep making kids anyway. We need smart people on this earth. We need compassionate people on this earth. And the child that you raise, Lex, is going to be one of those compassionate, intelligent people. So by all means, please don't let this discourage you. Let this enrage you and inspire you to have a spite baby. Raise a spite child. Sure. To yeah. save this world. Yeah, a spite child. That, that seems reasonable. Exactly. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. You know, maybe in like a decade. Yeah. Sure. You know, that, that's probably my timeline as of now, if it happens. So, um, but yeah, I'm like, fuck these, these old dudes. I don't think like, I definitely, I still believe we can change this. I still believe we can, you know, I mean, we're talking about killing the only inhabitable thing we have. Yeah. I have a hard time believing that when shit starts to get really bad, which it's starting now, mm-hmm. we won't actually fix this. And in the same way that like right now you're starting to see like Republicans go, hey, you should get vaccinated because <laughs> they're seeing how fucking bad it's getting again. Yeah. And they're like, oh, shit, you should get vaccinated. Like they're starting to change their tune in that. At the end of the day, they're about self-preservation. Yeah. And if the world dies, they can't preserve. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah. We got we got Hannity saying, just like we've said all along, please, you should go get vaccinated. Like, no, motherfucker, you were not saying that all along. We have Tucker Carlson saying, well, you know, the rich are getting richer. Maybe we should be taxing companies like Amazon more for the profiting they did off of this pandemic. Oh, yeah. wow. Amazing. Yeah. You mean like we've what been a saying concept? Yeah, <laughs> like we've been saying all like, along. Oh, you know what else? They can't they can't vote for us if they're if they're dying of wildfires, if they're dying yeah. of COVID, yeah, if they're that. drowning from fucking flash floods. Like that's a whole factor too. I right. mean, it's just it's a stupid, stupid stance to take to not deal with this shit. It's fucking stupid. The only reason they are not doing it is because corporations have been lobbying for years, for like decades Mm -hmm. to get out this bullshit and say like, no, it's not real. It's not like the science is there. It is. And what's (laughs) what's the worst case scenario? Okay, in the Republican mindset or right wing or conspiracy theory mindset, it's not real. Okay, Mm -hmm. it's not real. It's all fake. What did we do? Um, we stopped putting CO2 out into the air. Our air is cleaner. We what? We plant more trees. We 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 have like I just saw um, someone share the other day. It was like replacing asphalt 
because like you get water runoff and there's a lot of environmental issues from asphalt uh parking lots Mm -hmm. and they're doing like a grass concrete mixture basically oh yeah like it's a it's a honeycomb yeah it's a honeycomb style pattern type of deal and then there's grass in it so Mm -hmm. that it's more natural but you can still park your cars there with ease and you know it'll be easier to maintain like what a great fucking idea why are we not embracing stuff like this yeah yeah i mean there's there's a lot more development that needs to be done on ideas like that but the fact that like manpower and money isn't being put behind uh, developing that sort of thing. It's disappointing to say the least, you know, at the, at the cost of, yes, we want to flex our American muscle and continue to roll coal and shit like that. Like, yeah. Okay. And how is it not like, how is this whole thing? Not Armageddon. Like Bruce Willis is learning how to, for some fucking reason, <laughs> he's learning how to become an astronaut rather than teaching the astronauts how to drill oh god we're almost there aren't we yeah (laughs) only they can drill wait what they're fucking astronauts (laughs) they can learn they can learn the drill man no 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 no. can't learn to use the drill you have to send the drilling guys up as astronauts because that takes less time yeah yeah (laughs) it was great um just to to kind of not to spoil too much uh, there was um a character on Smallville having a conversation yeah. with uh with Jonathan and he's looking at this this technology that the guy put together and he's like oh are you into uh are you a gearhead you know what are you into he's like I don't know what I'm into I used to be a jock and he looks at Jonathan he's like you can be more than one thing <laughs> like you just don't have to be the jock archetype. You could right. totally be into more than right. one thing. I've, has no one told you that? You're like 40 years old, <laughs> 45, something like that. That's how old Jonathan's supposed to be, I think. Like maybe at the towards the end of his his run on there, pushing 50. No one's told you that, bud. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um. Oh, I said small, but I meant Lois and Clark. Lo- not Lois and Clark. Jesus Christ. Superman and Lois. That, that yeah. show. That one. Yeah. The new one. Okay. Anyway. I need to catch up on that. It's, yeah, it's still good. I'm behind on everything. Hmm. I haven't work- even seen Black Widow yet. I know it's in the notes. It's, I haven't seen it. It was enjoyable. I'll just, I'll, I'll say it like that. Black Widow was enjoyable. I've heard Florence Pugh was the best part of it. That's mainly what I've heard. She was good. Rachel Wise was great. Um, you know, yeah. Scarlett Johansson performed as expected. Uh, what's his name from Stranger Things? <laughs> Whose name escapes uh, me at the moment? David Harbour. David Harbour was good. Yeah. You know, he was he was harboring it. And it's funny, too, because out of everything taken out of that movie, all the headlines that I see coming out of it are like, David Harbour wants to play Red Guardian again. Uh, Kevin Feige trying to figure out more ways to fit Red Guardian into the MCU. Mm. It's like, well, that wasn't the goal of this film, but OK, sure. that All right. I mean, that's what they took away from this, but okay. Sure. I don't know. I need to see it to, to know for sure. <laughs> you had three women who put on amazing performances, albeit okay, one of them is dead now, uh, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but still. <laughs> I mean, that's that's unfortunately just how it goes, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, um, he's a he's a star, like. He is a star, like he was a breakout star of Stranger Things, and mm-hmm. he wants to do it, and people love him. So yeah, like that's that's kind of how it goes. I'll say Which this: I could see him being like 
yeah, for sure, a sidekick character. That that makes sense to me. I can't see him having his own movie. I mean, I haven't seen this, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, after Hellboy, I'm sure he just kind of got the the bug. I forgot about Hellboy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's, everyone forgot about Hellboy. Everyone forgot about Hellboy, unfortunately. Um, from what I, I heard, for him, how he wanted to like. He wanted to get in crazy good shape for that mm-hmm. and like bulk up and everything. They didn't let him, or they were basically like, "Ah, it's a waste of time." <laughs> it's wild, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, very wild. But I mean, I like I like the actor. I think he's a cool guy. So hopefully, good things for him in the future. But yeah, um, you were right about uh, what's her face being the highlight. Florence Pugh. She was the Florence highlight. Pugh. Yes. It's Pugh. Pugh. It's Pugh. Pugh. <laughs> She was the that's how you know it because it's because that's the only reason I know how to pronounce it because I saw a joke mm. where it was like showing her like shooting and they said it's Florence Pew Pew. Ah, that's a, yeah. that's a good memory yeah. trick. I like that. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Space Jam 2, well, Space Jam A New Legacy happened. And, uh, it's exactly mm-hmm. what you would think it is. Now, I'm not going to I'm not going to insult your intelligence and say it was a, a great movie. I'm not going to say it was a good movie. I'm going to say that it was free with my subscription to HBO Max and I had some mm. time on a Friday night, so I decided to dip in. I didn't anticipate watching the whole thing, but you know, train wreck syndrome. I wanted to see how bad it was going to be. Um I'm not going to get into too much spoiler territory here. But if you haven't seen it yet and you care about that, maybe go watch it and come back. It's- I feel like if you're that bent out of shape about Space Jam 2, spoilers, I are you okay? Like, none of us are okay right now, but are you okay? <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah. Honey, what's going on? Well, anybody listening to our show, I would imagine they don't really care. But... Yeah. Somebody cursor cursorary uh looking at uh polygon.com. Was Wait, what is what is in the notes here though? You have to explain your notes because I'm looking at your notes and I'm like, are you what the fuck? Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm I'm going full Charlie okay, from sorry. uh <laughs> from uh Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Always sunny. God, it's, I need to revisit Always Sunny. I need those laughs. Fuck. You know anyway, when when know. there's a lack of plot and lack of thought put into the planning of something Mm-hmm. Your your idle mind fills in the blanks in some weird ways, and so mm. I I went down some <laughs> punfully intended rabbit holes with this one. Um, they definitely knew what they were doing in some parts of the film. Uh, they do the old you know duck season rabbit season bit, but they right. also show uh Bugs Bunny as the big chungus, which is the meme where you see him all like you know thick and yeah, that's the whole thing. Um, they put that in there. So they, they acknowledge their audience by saying, okay, we know this is a very memeable movie. Let's see how far we can get with this. One of the most surprising things about this film, as they're getting the, the team together, uh, you know, <laughs> well, first of all, there's the blatant um, ignorance that the first movie happened at all. Nobody's acknowledging that at all. Like, oh, we got to play basketball again. No, nobody brings it up. Okay. They're getting the team together. And they're in different um, Warner Brothers properties. So you have Granny and Speedy Gonzalez hanging hanging out in the Matrix world, where Granny is Trinity for some reason. Oh, Christ. Okay. You have um, 
they go pick up Foghorn Leghorn and he's Khaleesi from Game of Thrones. You go pick up, um, uh, who was it? It was, uh, I think Roadrunner and, and Wile E. Coyote were in Mad Max. Uh, um, who is this for? That was the biggest question I had. That's what I, <laughs> as soon as I started watching this, I'm like, all these R-rated properties, all these these references that a kid would not get. But then you think back to the old Looney Tunes and they would have those episodes sometimes where they were going to like Hollywood rap parties and they would run into like, you know, the Marx Brothers and uh, Jimmy Cagney and stuff like that. And they would. Okay, but there's a huge difference between a pop culture person. Sure. And a property that kids cannot watch. So if you are. If you are like having, say, Jennifer Lopez show up in Looney Tunes now, that makes sense. Kids are going to know who Jennifer Lopez is. Mm -hmm. Kids might even know who one of the stars of Game of Thrones is because he was also, you know, in a Marvel movie or whatever. Sure. Like they might they that I can get even if it kind of goes over their heads. But like taking from the actual properties that they cannot watch. Yeah. That's weird. So that brings me to the notes. Right. Yes. So, okay. okay. Bugs Bunny and the rest of Looney Tunes and their relation to like real world people and other properties that they interact with. Right. So we've seen um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit where, you know, you could say it happened seamlessly where the tune world was segregated from the real world. And that's how they existed. But it was all the cartoon properties, not just Warner Brothers, not just Hanna-Barbera, not just Disney. All of them were living together in harmony, and then the humans were over somewhere else, right? So Bugs right. Bunny is in that film. This happened back, I want to say, the 1950s or something. That was the time period of that film. Everything worked out. They acknowledge humans. They exist in the real world. Space Jam won, the first Space Jam. The way he, he recruited Michael Jordan he pulled him through a golf hole, I, I believe, or something like that, yes. right? Okay, yeah. so yeah. again, Bugs Bunny has access to the real world via Toontown or wherever the hell he lives. True. We don't think about it too hard in this one, okay? In this right. version, in Space Jam New Legacy, Bugs Bunny and the rest of the Looney Tunes live on the Warner Brothers servers because that's the whole like crux of the movie. Um, Don Cheadle, is the algorithm uh, for HBO Max, basically, the Warner Brothers properties. And he's trying to figure out a way to pull LeBron James into it and use his celebrity to get more eyes on the product. That's what he's designed for. So in all that, all these properties coexist in this hub world, Game of Thrones, Matrix, all the ones I mentioned before. Looney Tunes is part of that. So it's my theory because we, you know, like I said, from Roger Rabbit, we've been told that these cartoons are treated like actors, right? So this data that's on this server is what's interacting in this film. It's not the actors. It's the characters themselves as they exist on this server. This is not Bugs okay. Bunny from Space Jam 1. This is just digital media. This is a digital version of Bugs. This is not the real Bugs Bunny. It's like a copy. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. It's a digital version of Bugs Bunny. That's why they have no memory of Space Jam 1. That's why they kind of gloss over all that Michael Jordan bullshit, because this is not Bugs. Bugs is off doing something somewhere else in the real world with us, while this digital Bugs Bunny is now having an adventure with LeBron James. Boom. Okay. 
uh, why'd you put Bugs Death? Because at the end of this film, they try to act like, okay, there's a, a game-breaking glitch. Because uh, okay. LeBron's son is a game designer. There's a glitch in the game that erases a character. And so to win the okay. basketball game, they have to perform this glitch move. LeBron volunteers to do it, but Bugs sacrifices himself and does it instead. And so Bugs is now about to be erased out of existence. They just explain wow. it away at the end of the film. Somehow he glitches himself into the real world, but he died. Like they didn't really do a good job of explaining it to the point where it seems like, you know, he survived somehow. They show Bugs Bunny dying in the Looney Tune world. And then all of a sudden he just pops up in the real world like everything's OK. So Polygon put out an article trying to figure out and I guess they had the same mental exercises I did, too. They tried to figure out if our world represents heaven or hell to the Looney Tunes at this point. See what I mean? Oh, it's just like the blanks they have to fill in to make this this really simple idea work. That took a dark turn. Exactly. Shit. There's a lot of darkness to be seen in this film. And it, I think part of it is what you brought up. It's the fact that there's so many adult properties involved in this now that they put in there. Oh, Rick and Morty showed up, too. Right. Like, oh, God, whose kids are watching Rick and Morty? Well, everybody's uh, kids. That probably, one but. I don't know about because I used to get away with watching a lot of like the adult cartoons. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, like Family Guy and stuff, because exactly. if unless your parents were really paying attention, mm-hmm. like and you're very little. I don't talk about when I'm little, little, but like when Family Guy came out, I, I don't know, like. You know, when that original run happened and then they started show, I didn't watch it like on the air, but I watched it in the, cause remember it went off the air for a year or two and they were doing reruns on Adult Swim. That's right. when I started watching Family Guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I was, I was way too young to watch Family Guy. And most kids who are watching these other movies and whatnot are probably too young too, but if they have access yeah. to HBO Max, it's all their forms. So if they're not, uh, like putting them <clears throat> in the kids one. Yeah. Right. And I mean, most parents don't really take the time to do that. They just tell the kid, all right, you don't watch anything bad while I'm not looking. <laughs> oh, and yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> that's true. I guess that's the case. <laughs> I, I remember know my, my brother, like they, they give them an account and like that account has strict access. Yeah. I mean, things are a lot different now. They're more. Yeah, it's easier. Um, yeah. It's easier for parents to figure that stuff out. But yep. in a lot of ways, like they make it easier for parents. But in a lot of ways, they don't want to learn that new like, um, you know, exercise either. It seems true. Yeah. So they're just like, here, just take your iPad and go. And it's like, no, you might want to put some restrictions on there first. You hear horror stories about kids buying hundreds of dollars of uh, in-game content and shit like that. So, yeah. And whenever you hear that, I'm like, why would you not lock it up? And they still don't. Uh... Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's that's everything going on in, in the Space Jam world. There's enough. um <laughs> There was a lack of coherence in that film enough to launch a thousand uh, fan theories. So we're going to be hearing about that for a long, long time, I think. Yeah, I it's weird because I might watch or I might like watch a YouTube video about something like that or whatever. But I don't see myself watching the movie. I don't see myself rewatching the original Space Jam ever yeah, either. Yeah. Like unless I have a kid who for some reason is like, I'm super into Space Jam. And then I'm like, okay, I guess I'm watching Space Jam again. I just don't feel the need to. I think it's one of those that's not going to hold up well. 
Yeah. Whereas, um, you know, some things I want to revisit, you know, I think they'll hold up well, like uh, the Don Bluth films and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's the same film. I mean, even down to the point where they, you know, we had a problematic uh, R&B singer in the first one with R. Kelly. Now we have Kirk Franklin, who famously just, uh, you know, he's a gospel singer. He cursed out his kid on a voicemail, which got out recently. Oh, so, fun. Yeah. <laughs> Tradition. So, yeah, that's uh, that's your Space Jam segment. <laughs> okay. Well, I haven't I haven't watched Space Jam 2. Don't really think I will. Um I'm going to watch Black Widow though. That is like one that I am looking forward to. I think that's why I haven't watched it cuz I want to be able to focus on it. Mm-hmm. Um I've been watching Doctor Death on Peacock. Oh, what's that about? Have you heard of that? Is that the um, one with the, uh Pacey? Yes. Ah, yes, okay. with Joshua Jackson. Yeah. And he is a I mean, it's based on a true story of this doctor who was a neurosurgeon or spinal surgeon or something. I think that's the same thing. Um, Who was like, I mean, I'm, I, there's eight episodes total. I'm six episodes in and it's like, is he incompetent or is he a sociopath? Mm. Like, is he doing this on purpose or psychopath? Is he trying to paralyze and kill people and, you know, either harm them for the rest of their lives, do permanent damage or kill them. Or is he just wildly incompetent and has gotten through all of this based off of what charm? (laughs) Like it's insane. It's a really good show. Um, I think you need to subscribe to Peacock, like, like the full on paid version. I was lucky enough to get a login from a friend <laughs> so i didn't i didn't have to to subscribe to it but like i would say it is definitely worth at least the free trial um for the subscription i don't know if you can watch it with ads or if it's just on like the paid version but you know get your free trial it's all out by the way like everything's available okay. i just haven't finished it yet cool i'll have to check it out I like Joshua Jackson. I, I really enjoyed him in Fringe, of course. You know, that was a yeah. really great show. He re I mean, if he doesn't get nominated and, like, really be a contender for awards, I would be shocked. Mm, that good, huh? It's probably the best performances I've seen from him. Wow. Um, I mean, he was really fucking great on Dawson's Creek, which I realize might sound crazy to some people, but, like, he... he he did really, really well on that show, especially there was a couple episodes where he like he breaks down and cries stuff. And it's good. Like, he's really good on that. Okay. But this is on another level of. I also think he's always played likable characters, like even when he's playing an asshole in, you know, we, we watched Urban Legends. We wa- we've watched movies where, uh, you know. He was in Cruel Intentions, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Even when he's playing that guy, he's playing a charismatic, lovable guy. Mm-hmm. And this is charismatic, scary. Hmm. Like, he used, he's using all of these skills, this charm that he's built up for years. It's, what, it's like he's the perfect actor to play it. Because you see him as Pacey. You see him as Peter. Um, you see him as this charming witty cute like he's got like the soft boy face like he he has that rounded like i have the same type of face i'm not mocking him like i have also have a more like 
doughy face, childlike face. I don't know what you call it. But, like, he, he has that look to him where it's like, no, he couldn't do anything wrong. And then you watch him in this and he there's there's times and and actors can occasionally do this if they're very skilled and it freaks me the fuck out where they can just shift with a look, mm-hmm. shift the whole mood. Another actor who I would compare like shifting in that way is like a John Lithgow. Oh, okay. yeah, that's a great example. Yeah. Yeah. So he does shit like that in this series where he just all of a sudden he looks a different way and he's a different person. He's he's something else. Yeah. Like, oh, you just became like an animal or something like that's weird. That's fucking weird. How did you do that? Man, I, it's, it's great. I always bring up Vince Vaughn in that in that conversation, too. I know we've talked about that a little recently, you mm-hmm. know, him and, uh, you know, that that Kubrick stare. He's got that down pat. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But it's I skill. I love when those unassuming Hollywood types cash mm-hmm. in on that, uh, you know, that, that nice guy, uh, reputation, you know? Yeah. It's a risk. I mean, and it he really, really has, he really has that like lovable. I wouldn't say he's like quite there with Paul Rudd. Maybe that's not a great comparison because Paul Rudd is like the pinnacle. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe like a Tom Hanks level as well. Oh boy. Um, yeah. Like, like that's on another level. Like you, it's, you can't rank him. I'm not saying like, you know, he's, he's on par with these other guys and, or they're the same, but like you take someone like that who has that charm to them, that there's something you just like about them. And then you put them in a role that you should not like them at all and watch that battle go on in the brains of the viewer. Has Tom Hanks ever cashed in? I can't think of a of an instance where he has, you know, cashed in on the uh, the nice guy reputation. Um, I almost want to say Road to Perdition, but he was still, uh, you know, he still had no. morals to us to an extent in that movie. You know, he had a code. I don't code. think Paul Rudd has either. No, you're right. No. And when that happens, I think he's got to get a little, a little they, older. I think they, I think they know their brand. I think Joshua Jackson has the advantage of not being on that level. Yeah. So he can break his brand. Mm. He can go, you know, fuck it. I'm throwing it out. You it remember, served me for the time that it served me. You remember how difficult it was for Jim Carrey to break out of that, you know? And it yeah, wasn't necessarily a, a nice guy. It was just <laughs> like I'm. he was just the clown. He was funny, you know? And it took him going to a dark place, you know, with Majestic and stuff like that. Not not even dark, more of a dramatic turn for us to even take him seriously as Andy Kaufman. Yeah, yeah. He's weird... another one who, who did a good job shifting over. I don't think he was ever quite the same after playing Andy Kaufman, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a documentary. I can't remember what, what network or what streaming service it was on where he, he went back and uh, talked about it, kind of like a retrospective. And yeah, I mean, he said the same thing. Like, yeah, I was never the same. That character consumed me. And even now I'm not the same person I was before. Yeah. Like, that's scary. Oh, God. I just remembered because I guess he's cred- uncredited in it. Tom Hanks is uncredited in, in this movie. Oh. Radio Flyer. I fucking forgot about that movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That Radio movie Fly. was fucked up. Man. Did you watch Radio Flyer? I did, but it was so long ago. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like the kid, the kid was being abused and stuff and they're trying like they, yeah, it's a whole thing. Um, but no, Tom Hanks wasn't, wasn't dark in that movie. The Green Mile. No, he wasn't dark in that no, movie. No, He's Still the good guy. He was kind of affable. You know, he, he wanted the best yeah. for Michael Clark Duncan, but couldn't make it work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of like circumstances beyond his control. Right. Sort of situation. Uh, no, I mean, not that I've seen. He's played characters with complexity to them for sure, yeah. but not not negative, like not not like t- you know, tur- like he's turning the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Well, when he does, it's going to be something else, you know. I don't think he ever will at this point. Tom Hanks, I think hmm. he's, I think he's done. Paul Rudd, yes, I believe, I fully believe he would do that. Okay. Um, if the role was right for him, you know, if he want, if he really wanted to do it, yeah, I could see him doing that. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't foresee him, or I'm sorry, I don't foresee uh, Tom Hanks making that crossover. I could be wrong, but I don't know. I just feel like at his age and his type of roles that he's getting now i don't think that's going to be his kind of vibe mm, that's true yeah yeah I, I, i'm gonna have to agree with you on that i mean as much as i would like to see something i'd like to see him step out of his comfort zone okay dinner for schmucks was <laughs> the closest i think looking through that paul rudd has gotten based on movies that i've seen oh my god what was that coen brothers movie that tom hanks did where he was like a, a he had a terrible oh, the, the lady killer lady killers yeah but yeah was, but wasn't that comedic though I was, haven't seen it or haven't it seen it in very, years it was rough but it was comedic yeah <laughs> yeah so it's like how do you I don't I yeah there there are some close instances but like the Cohen brothers they they make any the worst motherfuckers around seem like well it's interesting like raising Arizona yeah. Fuck, that, that whole movie is them stealing a child. And oh, God. goddamn, if you're not rooting for them, it's a great movie. <laughs> but yeah, the Coen Brothers movies, that's hard to, that's a hard example because I think they make terrible situations funny or entertaining or like, it's just, they, they have a different type of tone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's difficult to really root for, their characters in a lot of situations because you never know when they're going to show that that weird side right but you also don't necessarily root against them yeah so that's the thing like like raising arizona is a great example of you know what they're doing is wrong but you're kind of rooting for them mm-hmm. uh you know like oh brother where art thou I'm sure lots of people root for them. I just kind of was neutral. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, they still escape convicts. It's like, okay, sure. One of them is, uh, George Clooney at his most charming, but you know, he's a handsome man in that movie. He is. He is like, he's, he's like, maybe it's cause he was like singing. I don't think he was actually singing. I think that was someone else singing, but I think you're right. (laughs) I think it, it, it made him extra handsome. I don't know why. All right. Um, are you going to be the Clooney corner, ladies and gentlemen? Are you going to be watching the Olympics at all? I usually get very excited for the Olympics, but there's been so much bullshit surrounding, you know, people not 
uh, being allowed to go. And like, we've talked a little bit about this, I'm sure on the show, I can't remember, but you know, uh, so I feel conflicted in that way. And I really think they should have put it off even more. Yeah. And they are adamant about still calling it the 2020 Olympics, which is come on guys. Because the the years will be messed up. The numbers, I don't know, but like, I do not, I'm, it should be, I know that next year is supposed to be the Winter Olympics, right? Because, like, it's every two years is a Olympics since one after the other. But right. I don't know. Maybe they should have done it next year. I think you're right. I, I think we've we've got enough bandwidth to have two Olympics a year. Um, I, and I, just, I just feel bad. And then they can go figure out a way to taper the schedules after that. I feel bad for all – like all of the people who would be competing, um, who are competing, who would be competing, because it's not a normal Olympics. Um, there are some people that are just because of nature going to age out of the Olympics, unlike yeah. their opportunities. Um, I saw that there was this one Olympian or um, woman who was going to compete that she she's like blind and deaf. Oh wow! And she, they would not let her have someone help. What? So she had to drop out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The more we hear about this round of Olympics, like there's, there are people who we want to root for. Obviously, uh, you know, <laughs> what happened with Shikari Richardson, and about you know how she basically got suspended. Um, it, it was. It's a. It's an athlete named Becca Myers. Okay. Um, she cannot. She she has to withdraw. She said she has to withdraw from the Tokyo Paralympic Games because they have repeatedly denied my reasonable and essential accommodation because of my disability, leaving me no choice. So she needs someone with her, like to you know, for her to be able to compete. Yeah. And they would not allow that because of COVID restrictions. So she cannot compete. She's a swimmer, by the way. Mm. Um, which is unbelievable that ableism is keeping someone from competing in the Paralympics. It's crazy. I mean, you know, the the overarching thing going on in Tokyo with the COVID lockdowns, they're not allowed to have fans at this point. But like you were saying, with with the swimming competition as well, you know, some of the the swimmers, uh, the black swimmers, uh, there's a certain type of uh, swim cap that they use that they can't use because the Olympic Committee said, yeah, that's illegal. Uh, you know, because obviously they have, you know, braids and, 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 and different type of hairstyles they're trying to cover up and get the same advantage that the other uh, athletes have. Which is only fair. It's, yeah, completely reasonable and understandable. It's a cap. It's a swim cap. It's not like it's a, a jet pack or anything like that. Um, I mentioned Shikari Richardson. You know, she got suspended because of a, an outdated rule that they have. You know? Which a lot of us think is bullshit. I understand it a little bit more than the other things because, like, they have this rule. She knew about the rule. I think it's all bullshit, especially since the state that she's from, which Washington State, I believe. Yeah, it's legal is there. completely legal. Mm-hmm. I think that they need to fix that fucking rule. Um, and frankly, should have made an exception for her, in my opinion. But. You know, I understand that there uh, there's all there was also a controversy uh, surrounding I think it was specifically black 
female runners hmm. and how their testosterone was naturally higher. Hmm. Um, and so they're like punishing them for that, not allowing them to compete or something along those lines. Yeah. I mean, these, I, these... Need, to, I need to actually look this up so that I'm not fucking it up because it's, it's important. You know what? It It's unfortunate that that sounds so believable because a lot of the stuff that's coming out this year, it just really seems like more than ever, uh, the hypocrisy and the, the double standards are really just bearing their teeth. It's understandable completely to me that Naomi Osaka decided not to participate in the Olympics because, you know, she's got anxiety issues that she's dealing with where she doesn't, uh, you know, uh, she, you know, she had she had that whole fallout from the French Open where she didn't want to work yes. with the press and she apologized profusely, but she explained the situation. She's still dealing with the fallout from that. So it's going to be impossible to concentrate on competing and, you know, have to deal with Megan Kelly being a mean girl on Twitter because she doesn't understand why she won't talk to me. And, you know, Piers Morgan is stomping off the set once again because, you know, she needs to grow up. Well, garbage yeah it's it was two nambian sprinters who were ruled ineligible to compete in a race due to naturally high testosterone levels naturally naturally high yeah yeah they are um cisgender women who have naturally high testosterone levels and i guess this has been an issue in the past where they've become ineligible because of those testosterone levels Um, but they are like, yeah, so they basically test the blood testosterone. It has to be under five nanomoles per liter. I don't know. Science shit to compete in select events. Most people, Um, most people hear that and they think, oh, well, they must be, you know, juicing or, or doing something extracurricular and not understanding that it's a, it's a, it's a natural it's their body's natural reaction. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, it says that uh, um, <clears throat> uh, basically it's saying that women women with high natural testosterone levels must take medication to reduce them to compete in middle distance races. Wow. She refused to take any te- uh, medication to alter her testosterone levels and has challenged the World Athletics ruling – uh, this particular uh, South, South African uh, runner who was banned from competing in any 400-meter races um, is hyperandrogenous, meaning she has naturally high levels of the sex hormone. Man. Imagine- so, like, she does have – I mean, she it's just her natural – how is that any different from Michael Phelps having a – like, his wingspan be weird? Right. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how else to describe. His I'll give you man. one guess. But yeah, it's 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 crazy to think about the fact that, you know, because they're they're naturally uh, better at certain sports because of how they were born. They have to take a, a, an inhibitor to be able to compete with the other yeah. competitors and still have a give them a fighting chance. I mean, it just seems odd. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I do want to point out that I I said uh, I think they were cisgender for the other two that have been banned. Um, mm-hmm. But if they're not, I will correct that. Someone let me know. But from what I've gathered, they're just – and even if they were trans, that's 
like a argument that people have, but that's not like that's not what the point here. The point is that they're continuously going after women of color. Yeah. You know, regardless, like it's it's just insane. You know how they've been punished so much more than you know, white women who are competing in the Olympics. It's nuts. I mean, honestly, the only thing really drawing me to the Olympics at this point is uh, Simone Biles. I just want to see her succeed. I know. You know, and that's... See, that's the thing. And I, I love Summer Olympics. I love swimming. I love the gymnastics. Like, it is my... The Olympics that I get into. I know everyone loves the winter. They love the ice figure skating and all that, but I'm I'm big on the Summer Olympics. Man. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to see that commercial with uh, Shikari Richardson for uh, the Beats headphones. Apparently, it was um, the debut of Kanye West's new uh, track off of his upcoming album. I think it's coming no, out I Friday. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's uh, supposed to be like, it's supposed to give you chills. I haven't seen it yet either, but... Yeah. I mean, I really like her. She seems cool as fuck, so I'm not yeah. surprised. She seems down to earth, and I think that's a problem yeah. with what they expect out of Olympians and just, you know, athletes in general. She's 21 years old. She's from Dallas, Texas. Um, yeah, and there are younger Olympians, like yeah. in, in Olympic competing athletes, um, but that they're, they act like fucking adults, like they're trained to basically be that way. And it's because unfortunate. Because you have to have certain standards. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Like, at 21, you're not going to be able to come up with the most profound thing in the world to say in most cases. I mean, of course, I don't want to discredit her or anybody else of that age or that era because, yes, I mean, genius can come out of the mouths of, of people of any age. But most of us, you know, we're still thinking about trying to get done with college and you know maybe what's this alcohol thing all about and is it for me or not you know <laughs> yeah. yeah that's that's where your head is so she's got to juggle being a uh, an olympian an, Olymp- an olympic athlete and being able to speak to the media in a, in a competent way enough to make them endeared towards her and she yeah. just lost her mom as well we've talked about it on the show before but i I think that that was the situation why she smoked. Yeah, that absolutely. That was like it, it timed out. It was like the day that she her mom died. She smoked and then she pays. I mean, because that's the thing. Marijuana is completely different from uh, what's it called? Uh, alcohol. Like yeah. she's not impaired anymore. No, it's just still in her system. It stays in your system a lot longer. It's different. She wasn't endangering herself nor oh. anybody else. Therefore. Oh. There's I mean, this is this is something where it should be a warning at best and not, you know, a suspension. Right. Right. They they should have it, it really because it was not a performance enhancing drug. Right. It should have been a thing where it's like, hey, you know, we don't like our athletes smoking weed. Don't do that again. And she, you know, give her a stern warning. <laughs> if you're really that bent out of shape about it, she would I'm sure she would have been like, oh, shit. OK, I won't. I won't. I won't. Yeah. You know. But people are so such fucking nerds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you, you could make the argument to say they're being extra cautious this time around because of the COVID restrictions. They're not allowing any loopholes or you know letting anybody slip by when it comes to to things of a medical nature. But come on, this is not. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. I'm like, have you ever smoked weed? 
Have you ever taken edibles? Have you ever done anything like related to that? You would know that it is not going to make you run faster. Right, right. And if it does, you're on another fucking level. Something's going on. I mean, the hypocrisy of it all. You know, you still have cops arresting kids. You know, we we, we are uh, celebrating the fact that skateboarding is now a part of the Olympics. Yeah. And you can't tell me none of these kids aren't smoking weed because according to some skateboarders, it's illegal to be sober, uh, you know, while skateboarding. So, I But they know. have to, I mean, the Olympics has to check them, right? Yeah, yeah. So like they have to. What's going on over there? Anywho, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we have some brief casting news. Separate. Um, Michaela Cole has joined the cast of Black Panther Two. Ah, okay. Yeah, so that's a big deal. Um, what was it? Chewing gum. What was the name of the show? Chewing Gum and what was the other one? Uh, I May Destroy You. Yes, yeah. So she's had really big, you know, couple of years here where she is catapulting into a big starring role. Absolutely. Very happy to see her doing this. Yeah. I kind of hope she plays a villainous role. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, I that's, could see that. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. You know, yeah. that would be great. Um, She's got yeah. the chops for it. I mean, she was incredibly captivating and I may destroy you. And you know, the, the episodes of, of black mirror that she was involved in are great too. Um, the, the much celebrated USS Callister episode of that, if you want to check out her work on there. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy about this and you're right. You know, she's been past the ball several times now and she always runs with it. So yeah. 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 I'm, I'm excited to see whatever she does. Um, also apparently there's an HBO max Batgirl project. I'm sure we've talked about this, but they cast Leslie grace who was in, in the Heights. Okay. That's cool. Uh, I do not know anything about her, honestly, her playing, uh, Batgirl. Sure. I'm like, cool. I'm in. I'm sold. For sure. I mean, Batgirl was such an ambiguous character. You know, she's been played by many actresses o- over right. the existence of, of, you know, the character and everything. Um, Rosario Dawson played her in the Lego movie. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's cool. I'm, I'm cool with it. You know, let's see what they do with the character. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm very curious about it. Yeah. I, I mean, eh, they can do whatever they want. Yeah. Exactly. And it's going to be on HBO Max. So, you know, Let's, let's see. Killing it. They're doing Fuck. their thing. Yeah. I, I saw someone say that HBO Max is like the best streaming service, but it has the worst app. I'd agree with that. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to lose things in there for sure. You know, if you don't uh You can't put it on really rewind list. or anything. Oh, like, yeah. 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 It goes back thirty seconds or nothing. So yeah, it's you, weird. You can't just go back to the last line. Yeah. Um I gotta fix it. You're not a PC gamer. We've talked about this before. No. I'm not really a big PC gamer either, but I have dipped the toe into uh, Steam from time to time. Uh, back right. when I was doing digital dumpster diving uh, with Dave Martin, we would uh, play games that were kind of middle of the road rated on Steam that were available for free. There's a lot of games on there that are available for free. You'd be surprised. But yeah, one of the great things about Steam is that you know, it gives a chance to a lot of developers and a lot of publishers that, you know, aren't able to put their games on the Nintendo platforms and Sony and Microsoft. Uh, so you get some some amazing projects that may not have seen the light of day. Anyway, 
of course, Valve is also known as a developer of such classics as Half-Life and uh, Portal and, the, you know, the Orange Box games, that sort of thing. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So they're putting out, they announced as a surprise last week, they're putting out a handheld console, which is basically a mini computer in your hands. And people are freaking out about this. Have you seen a picture of it? I haven't seen a picture of it. I know, like, they were talking about pre-orders are going to be crazy, but that's been true with the Switch as well and everything. So, no, I haven't seen anything about it. And I want to talk about the pre-orders next. But first, I want to talk about the look of the machine itself. It is basically like a Switch, except for a few key differences. Um, you know, for the longest time, it was rumored that the Switch was going to have a Pro model coming out, and people were excited about that. Yeah. And then a couple weeks ago, it was revealed that... Yeah, there's a new model of the Switch coming out, but there's really only one improvement. The fact that the screen is going from LCD to OLED. It's not going to be 4K. Uh, it's not going to have any special bells or whistles beyond that. And it just basically does what your Switch does now. So nothing different. They didn't uh, go in and fix the Joy-Con drift problem that everyone seems to be having. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, I haven't experienced that on my I, Switch. I haven't either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I I feel like I don't play it as intensely as the people who are experiencing it. That's do. that's what I'm thinking as well. Yeah, I'm thinking that it's just like they're really hardcore gaming on it, and I'm like, I'm just playing Animal Crossing sometimes, you know. <laughs> I'm more right. casual. Oh, that reminds me. There's a um, there's a TikTok user who recreates episodes of Golden Girls using Animal Crossing characters. I need oh to send God. you a link. Yes. It's as it good as it great. sounds. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the Steam Deck is a beefy motherfucker. It is uh, as heavy as, and people have already gotten hands on this. People have been to Valve headquarters and actually got a chance to experience it. Experience it rather. Um, it doesn't have a cartridge slot or anything like that. But your entire Steam library that you've been adding to over the years, whether it be through your PC or any other type of uh, you know, PC-like device, it's all there. It's all compatible, and anything that you can play with a controller instead of keyboard and mouse, you have access to. Um, now, for the keyboard and mouse stuff, there's also a couple of, like, uh, trackpads underneath the joysticks. So, from what I understand, some of that stuff is going to be compatible as well. It's got... Um, it's got some great specs, so so much so that if you if you dock it, you can then uh, you know hook up all your peripherals, keyboard, mouse, monitor, all that stuff, and use it like a regular PC. What's got people really excited about it though is the fact that you can basically put any firmware you want on there in addition to Steam. So if you want Windows on it oh. for some reason, you can do that. Uh, you can put RetroArch on there if you're into like the modding stuff. You can you can put Linux, everything you want on this uh on this device pre-orders are live now and this is my favorite part about it and this is uh i think a good example of how sony microsoft nintendo should handle pre-ordering from now on the only people who were able to pre-order uh the the system when it went up were folks who have purchased something from the steam store before june 15th oh so that's you, cool. You yeah. had to be a customer already 
to get first dibs on this thing. They That's came nice. Out, I like that. Yeah, and they came out with three levels of it too. The base model is four hundred dollars. Then they have a top of the line model that's like sitting at six fifty. That's got like a, a scratch proof screen, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a little, it's got a little bit of a beefier spec to it. But I think it's so cool that it's first come first serve for their dedicated fans. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It, that is really cool. And it's also um, cool that it's backwards compatible. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So. You know, people for years, they joke about these Steam sales and how they, they stack up this pile of shame uh, in these with these games that they never get a chance to play. Now it's portable, and you've already got a built-in library for you to play around with this thing. I think, you know, some of these piles of shame are going to get knocked out. So, we'll Yeah, see. I think that'll help a yeah. lot. I'm excited uh, about the thing. I want to check it out. I want to. And we've uh, talked about this, where, the, like, one of the best parts of the Switch is, oh, so you are getting one. Yeah. Yeah, I got cool. to. It's it's just it, okay. it's a unique experience that I think a lot of people are going to be talking about. And I want to report to our listeners. I think they Did deserve you? it. So sure. <laughs> of course. Did yeah. you already order it? Uh, I put down a pre-order. Oh, that's the other thing, too. Like you're not putting down the full pre-order price right now. You're putting down a five dollar re- reservation. And then when it's time oh, for nice. them to ship, they're going to come back to you and say, do you still want it? And then you can go, yeah, go ahead and charge me the full amount or, you know, let somebody else have it. Oh, that's cool. I like yeah. that. So when does not, it come out? Um, well, that's the thing. It's going to have a staggered Holiday? release. It's it's going to be quarter one, 2022. Uh, that's oh, the first okay. batch. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I missed all the cool stuff, too. Of course, it's got a headphone jack. A lot of phones don't have that anymore. <laughs> but it's also got Wi-Fi compatibility, uh, Bluetooth, USB-C for charging, uh, I mentioned it's a pound and a half. It's got a seven-inch LCD touchscreen, so you can still interact with the store as you would your cell phone. So, yeah, really neat stuff. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I look forward to hearing about it. I'm never going to get one, but it's nice to hear about new tech. <laughs> For sure. I'll report back. Cute. So this is something that I brought up to you before the show because I wanted to talk about and kind of get your take on it a little bit. It's a conversation that's been happening for years, ever since comic movies have, you know, become more mainstream. And it's about creator credit and compensation for comic book films. So, of course, you know, Stan Lee gets his uh, epic cameos uh, in all the Marvel movies. Uh, man, yeah, well, that's not I happening mean, now anymore. He doesn't. Yeah. Like, I saw rumors years ago. Throw his ashes in the air when oh, they have explosions. But other than that, that'd be really weird. Uh, I saw a rumor years ago, uh, <laughs> saying that they had filmed a lot of different cameos for him. Uh, you know, just oh, yeah. to kind of have in the can and to to dole out, you know, for different movies along the way. But of course, that was just a rumor that didn't happen. That'd be really morbid and strange. Uh, so no, at least nothing that we're made aware of. Marvel likes to take stuff out all the time. So maybe they did and they just had a change of heart, whatever. Anyway, um, along with Stan Lee, of course, you get different credits. It says like, you know, Superman created by Jerry Siegel and Joel Shuster, uh, Bob Finger and Bob Kane or Bill Finger and Bob Kane rather created Batman. And of course, these credits have been in contention for years. It used to be a, a matter of, these creators even giving their names uh, on the credits for these movies. They didn't want to give them credit on the screen. And it's because DC and Marvel, I, I believe, uh, were concerned about these families, uh, you know, of these creators who had long since passed, 
coming back and asking for part of the profits on the characters that these guys created. So they God cut- forbid that they get paid. You're making so much fucking money. Right. Like, it's ridiculous. It is. So, I mean, with the with the creators who are lo- no longer with us, uh, in a lot of situations, they bought out the families and said, look, we're going to continue to put uh, your, your forefathers' names on here. However, uh, we're just going to give you this just amount of money, and you just let us continue to use this name in, in perpetuity. And so that's what they did for Superman and Batman and uh, right. a few other characters as well, I'm sure. Uh, but for the creators that are still around and they're using characters that they've created along with storylines that they've written, like, uh, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. uh, it's a matter of like, all right, you were work for hire at the time that you made this character, this story. Yeah. Do you deserve extra compensation uh, when it gets translated to a movie? So what are your, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think it's the decent thing to do. Legally, I don't think they have any obligations. It seems pretty cut and dry. Yeah. But that doesn't change the fact that it it seems like a shitty thing to not compensate them. It does. It really does seem like a shitty thing, especially because, you know, not only the movies, but the toys that follow, the books, the tie-ins, everything that goes along with it. And usually it's not just one movie, as we know. Uh, Bucky has been around since... The first Captain America movie, and they were already right. planting those seeds for Winter Soldier. And I want to say he's been in like maybe five projects since then. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And so the article that we were, we were reading from The Hollywood Reporter, uh, it starts talking about how Ed Brubaker really isn't into watching these films because he doesn't get paid when they yeah. put his characters on the screen. And uh, in fact, he goes on to say, I have made more on SAG residuals than I have made on creating the character. So when Marvel brings these guys in to write these stories and to make these amazing characters, they're not paying them much of anything. Even Ta-Nehisi Coates, uh, you know, the writer of the Black Panther, who was uh, had his work heavily influenced in the Black Panther film, um, he said he doesn't know how people survive on a uh, a, a creator paycheck on a, on, a, on a comic writer paycheck. No, yeah, I mean that's, and also the the comic book paycheck it seems to be a different issue in my mind like yes they are tied together but you know it's it's clear that they're not paying comic book creators enough money Mm -hmm. within that industry that the negotiations for creator um getting like compensation for films and adaptations and stuff is separate usually from that so and it's, you know, there there have been some success stories, as it goes on to say in the article as well. But, you know, it leads to a lot of uh, a lot of infighting and hurt feelings between a lot of the creators uh, that don't get credited, that still contributed to the overall um, tapestry of the story that feel like they deserve some compensation as well. Um, it, it's almost like uh, it, it sucks. It's like a, what's the what's the allure to working for Marvel or DC these days. It used to be a goal of mine as a child. Like I want to write superhero comics one day, you know, but what's, what's the appeal now that you see that the creators are treated this way uh, when they can go and make more money, either doing um, creator own books over at image or another company or just their own company mm-hmm. or straight up just negotiating their own deal like Mark Millar with Netflix. Right. 
Uh, I mean, well, Mark Millar's in a good position uh, because he created his own characters. Uh, same with Robert Kirkman. Yeah. Um, when you're when you're talking about characters that don't really belong to you, but you've, man, it, it's a really conflict. And you know, like the Winter Soldier was the creation of Brubaker, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I really. I mean, I think they should just pay them. Like, yeah. you know, that makes the most sense to me. Give them, I don't know, negotiate something with their agents. Make it work. There should be more dispensation for, yeah. uh, you know, characters that make it in the films. It, it, and at, le- at least to encourage the creators to, like, you know, make more and more coherent, still bombastic stories that beg to be put on on the screen you know i do think it's important though for comic book writers to remember and creators to remember that hollywood in that industry especially film industry television's a little bit less we talked about this past they really don't value writers at all Mm. like they are very expendable it's one of the least important jobs unfortunately it should not be the case that's very stupid but that's how it goes. So I'm like, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that they're not taking care of you um, as as creators, because like I don't think they really value that at all. Yeah, yeah, it, we've we've come such a long way, uh, you know, with this industry from just you know Hollywood taking the characters and saying we're gonna do what we want to do, and they may not look like the character you created or sound like him, but. By golly, kids are going to still pay to get in and, you know, eat their popcorn while watching Superman fly. But, you know, I I appreciate the fact that they're more closely tied together now, you know, Hollywood and the comic industry itself. Yeah. But in a lot of ways, you know, it it almost becomes like a factory of just churning out these stories in order for them to make money off of. So, yeah, like you were saying, there should be some type of compensation for these creators to 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 get rewarded for their hard work. Um, everybody's in a position like Robert Kirkman or Mark Millar where they can just go, yeah, I'm doing my own thing. Screw you guys. Some right. writers and artists have to work for Marvel in order to pay the bills, to keep food on the table. So, Yeah, and I, I don't think this would be as big of an issue if Marvel was paying better. Yeah, that sounds or I, I mean, not just Marvel, like DC as well, although I think they were saying DC pays better than Marvel from the. That's what it seemed like. Article. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. DC is better about doling out a little bit of. Uh, yeah. Dispensation for people that contribute to the TV and movies. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a dirty business. But, yeah, you know, it, 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 it was an interesting us. article, though. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to link to it, of course, in the show notes and, and on the discord and everything for you guys to enjoy, because it's worth checking out um, and worth considering if you're thinking about getting into the comics business, too. Like, yeah, it's not all glitz and glamour. There's a putting your nose to your grindstone and, and being your own cheerleader in a lot of situations, too. You got to speak up. So. True. Yep. 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 All right. Well, well, I think that's everything we got for the day. Are you, I didn't have any wall of weird stories for the week. No wall find of it. weird. Okay. I All mean, right. Jeff Bezos going to space was pretty fucking weird. I guess we could consider that. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely that. That's just a weird world. It's like, right okay. Now. I guess. Yeah. I guess that's the world we're living in. 
All right, folks. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter and all kind of other places. You know what? Go over there on Instagram. Click on the link tree link in our profile. It'll give you access to everything we do from, uh, you know, all our social medias to ways you can watch episodes and listen to episodes rather. And, uh, yeah, check us out at Lex and Matt. But yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> the way that you said it, like the at Lex and Matt, it made it sound like it was like a continue, like you were going to say something else. That's why I was waiting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Patreon.com slash Lex and Matt. That's right. I'm a cool patron. Yeah. Join in the discord. Yeah. Talk to us about all kind of things. Mm hmm. Yeah. Send us stuff. That's <laughs> We we literally read the Batgirl news because one of our patrons sent it. So yeah, shout out to Kelsey. Thanks, Kelsey. Thank you. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. As always, I'm Matt Peters, and I'm Lex Lutz. Be excellent to each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.